What is up, listeners? Welcome to Predator vs. Movies. I'm Alex. I'm Peter. And no Aiden, he's gone this week, and uh, we are Blue Beetle. This is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. We're going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deep discussion of the film. Then we're going to ask the most important question, would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week, as I may have hinted already, we will be reviewing Blue Beetle. Uh, We are also doing a speedrun episode. Peter and I have decided we want to keep this short and sweet. Uh, So we're going to see how short and sweet we can keep it. Uh, Before we get into talking about the movie, we have some news. Peter has 25 seconds to tell us about Dune news. Dune got delayed. It's it's not deserved because of the strike, because the, uh, the studios refused to pay actors and writers fair wage. It got delayed, and I'm very sad. End of the story. It's now coming out March next year. Thank you for that brief news, Peter. We are now going into the trailer park. Take over the sound effect for Aiden, please. Vroom, vroom. I would vroom. say it's almost... Wow, wow. No, I like... That's better than Aiden. You're uh, promoted. Uh, so we saw <laughs> one trailer uh, this week. Uh, it was the Bike Riders, um, starring Austin Butler, Tom Hardy, Jody Comer, Norman Reedus of uh, the, the Walking Dead. And Mike Faced and uh, Michael Shannon, I think those are. Oh, and Boyd Holbrook as well. Um, and it's, it's a lot uh, of people. Directed by Jeff Nichols. A lot of movies have a lot of people, I would say. Um, and uh, it's about some bike riders. I think I heard it was about. Yeah, actually, I can see it right now. It's a fictional story inspired mm. by the 1967 photo book of the same name. So I think there were some photos of some bike riders, and they decided to adapt that into a movie. So that's very interesting. Cool. Uh, talking about the movie itself, uh, I quite was interested in this this movie the trailer was presenting. Uh, the uh, I will say though that the cast is a lot of the cast are doing some very interesting voices. Uh, so Jodie Comer is doing like a little Mickey Mouse voice, and uh, like. Uh, what's his name? Tom Hardy's doing like Groucho Marx, like some like grubby little guy kind of voice. Very strange choices. Yeah, I think Tom Hardy's voice is like like it freaked me out when I heard him, honestly. And uh, see, you're convinced that everyone in the movie is doing a voice. I don't okay. think Austin Butler is doing a voice. Exaggeration. Yeah. Exaggeration. Okay. Some people were saying he was yeah. still doing the Elvis voice, but... That's yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. I think, like, his physical, like, you know, he, like, his body physically changed after he did Elvis. So no, you he can just, only do one voice now. No, he just can't shake it. He's, it's too yeah. powerful. He's taken in the spirit of Elvis, and he can't yeah. get rid of it. Uh, um, but, yeah, the, the voice Tom Hardy does is literally like, Hey, so you want to, like... Right? right? You know, like... Like, That's very accurate. Like, oh, yeah. you're just a little bike rider. The, just so strange. But the movie looks fun. Like, okay, so I'm trying to make sense of it. So is Tom Hardy and Austin Butler on the same side, or are they from different biker gangs? I know Jodie Comer is, like, with Austin Butler, right? I think everyone's in the same gang. Okay, everyone's I think in it's the just same a gang. very large organization that grows too big, and friends become maybe not friends. I don't know. Gotcha. We'll, we'll okay. find out. But, you know, but like I think I think everyone's from the same side. And there's one guy, Mike Face is like a reporter just trying to figure out what's what. Yeah. By the way, Norman Reedus in a biker movie, like, why haven't Perfect. we done that like so long ago? Like he's yeah. you know, he's got the look. 
if you know what I mean. Well, he's a fucking biker in the the movie in the TV show Walking Dead. Like that's over. That's his, there we go. Okay, I've never yeah. seen Walking Dead. Okay. Did you know he's a former fashion model? That's fascinating. Ro- Norman Reedus. Yeah, I was just seeing if he's done any movies. So he's in Blade Two. He's an American gangster. But then I think he just does a lot of TV, video games, music videos. Music videos. I guess. Uh, but yeah, he's most famous for that, for that Walking Dead show. Anyways, nice. uh, we watched a movie. Uh, yes, we did. And I'll probably get it up faster than Peter will, so I'll, I'll just do it. God. Dude, it's going to be crazy. The Predacritic game this week. Mm. So it's directed by Angel... Manuel Soto. It's written by Gareth Dune Alcoser. Uh, it's um, starring. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, guys. here comes the Mex- Here comes the Spanish names so and sorry. the Brazilian names. Zolo Mariduena, Adriana Barraza, Damian Alcazar, Raul Max Trujillo. Susan Sarandon and George Lopez. Again, I'm so sorry. Cinematography by, that's a name I recognize, Powell Pogorzelski. Still can't pronounce it though. Recognize it, but can't pronounce it. No, but he did. Oh, he did Bo is Afraid. Oh, nice. That's probably why. So yeah, he does all those Ari Aster films. Okay, anyways. Um, What else do we talk about? Uh, It was released August 5th. 18th it was released august 18th it was a different answer for el paso texas for some reason uh it has a runtime of uh two hours and seven minutes and uh it had a budget of 104 million and has currently as of now a month later uh, a box office of 106.7 million so there's two million difference uh not ideal uh usually budget does not take into account um, marketing, if I recall, not that there was yeah, much marketing this movie for this movie, <laughs> but zero uh, marketing. I imagine it has not quite made its money back yet. If I had to, if I had to guess. But um, like, what's funny though is this is much better than the initial projection for this movie, because like, it was projected to be like a, um, I forgot Shazam, like even worse than Shazam two, I think it was projected to be. I would have guessed that as well because yeah. Shazam at least had a former movie to ride on that I think did fairly well, and like yeah, it did people, very well. Some people liked one, yeah. Shazam actually. I I thought it was okay, and this is like a completely new thing with very poor marketing. I'm surprised it, when I saw 106 million, I was like, oh, that's that's a decent number. I'm, I was mm. quite shocked. Um, but this is of course the uh, 14th installment of the DCEU. I didn't even 14 seems big. I think that's it, that. right? No, it seems like a big number. No, no, like, is, is this movie the end of DCU or is it part of the, uh, the new DCU? Aquaman 2, we're forgetting our right. favorite sequel. That's true. That may or may not be lost in time. <laughs> uh, so the 14 films so far are Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Aquaman, Shazam, Birds of Prey. Oh, I forgot about that one. Wonder Woman 2. Zack Snyder's Justice League, that doesn't really count. Yeah, that doesn't count. twice. The Suicide Squad, Black Adam, Shazam 2, The Flash, and then, of course, this one. Uh, so this one is kind of dubiously, like, will, will it, won't, won't it be part of the new canon? 
Um, I guess we can discuss whether it should be or not, but um, uh, he says, James Gunn says it's kind of like, he says this one can survive the continuity change. Uh, we'll see if that's true. I mean, it's very self-contained, so. It is very self-contained, yeah. so it certainly could be. Um, but uh, now that we've done that, we're going to go into our classic game, Predacritic. There's a website called Metacritic where critics' scores of movies are averaged out of 100. We are going to guess where Blue Beetle lands on that metric. I'm spinning the wheel. The wheel is spinning. The wheel has been spun. 50-50. it is still in motion. And just barely, it is my turn to go first to guess. Um, okay. okay. This movie... 60. That's what I'm guessing. 60? 60. Okay. Uh, I'm going to guess a little higher. I'm going to say 61. Really a little higher. Yeah, bro. I said a little higher, right? Well, sometimes <laughs> a little higher pays off because it looks like 61 is, in fact, the exact score. Wait, no way! That's crazy! Uh, everyone's just like... This happened last week, too, where people are just picking off of my great guesses and just like... What, what do you call that? Like cherry picking? Like you just like get the goal after I'm so like I do most of the work. Wow. So I'm standing. I'm standing on top of the giant's shoulder. That's what's happening. You know? Yeah. I'm a giant. You did most of the work. Anyways. <laughs> so now that you've guessed correctly, you get to do your non-spoiler reaction first. Um, okay. So Peter, Peter Deere, what did you think of this movie? So, okay. Just to watch. be honest. When I watched the trailer, I only seen one trailer for this movie. Um, I was quite excited because the, the soundtrack was hitting. Um, you know, like the final action sequence was really cool of him swinging a big ass sword, you know. Uh, but I think I've come to a time. So I wrote this in my Letterbox review. It's like I've had enough of the mid superhero movies. Like I think I've had like we are at the time where the mid superhero movies just don't do it for me anymore. Like I went with a friend and he had like, he enjoyed it. He was laughing, you know, he was having a good time. But like, for me, it's just like, like I can see where this is going. I like, I can like, and, and like, to be honest, I don't know if you feel the same Alex, but like I found a lot of moments in this movie have really poor acting. I don't know if you agree, but like, a lot of things are either like too exaggerated or not exaggerated enough. Like I feel very minimum emotion in a lot of the scenes where there's supposed to be so much emotion. And I think this movie, if it works, it needs to be like, cause like, uh, not really a spoiler, but like this movie, one of the themes of this movie is family. And in order for that to work, we need to see real emotion being presented on screen and the real love and feelings they have for each other. But like, in the moments that that's supposed to happen, I didn't really feel that. I didn't really get that. So that movie basically collapsed emotionally for me. And just, there's just no way I can give a movie like that a good score. And like um, the action is like middle, if not below average at best. And uh, the story is very, very vanilla and like not interesting in anyways to be honest and um i i think it's really cool that we're we're finally getting a latino superhero and you know it's blue beetle a very obscure character you know i think that's cool but like the fact that the movie as a package just did not do it for me so i give it two and a half out of five and i say like it's fun for a family movie but i don't really recommend it unfortunately 
I was really hoping this would do well, to be honest, because like, because like, it really sounds like it's gonna be a sleeper hit. Like, it's not gonna be that popular, but also the movie itself is actually quite good. But no, it's not the case. Yeah, I'm just checking if there were other Latino superheroes. So America Chavez was definitely. Oh, that's one. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's how they were marketing she's, it, right? Like, it's like the character. first. There's um, was Mark Spector Moon Knight? That's like, e Egyptian? No, he, I, I have no idea. I have no though. idea. I have no idea. I think he had, like, the character is, like, an Egyptian character. Yeah. I, but I am, it does seem that he's the first Latino, if you don't count Miles Morales. So, if you don't count yeah. TV, if you don't count animation, and if you're specifically looking for a lead character, then yes. <laughs> lots of lots of hoops <laughs> anyways uh what's your star rating did you give that one I'm yeah two and okay. a half out of five two and a half fair enough yeah. um i was just gonna ask you how does how was this you giving up on mid superhero movies and not the flash how did the flash okay. scrape by and this no, okay okay to be fair i actually like during a couple scenes in the flash i was low-key like i i felt it like like you know like because i felt like the Flash is, like, so cliche that you don't really need a lot of build-up to, like, connect with the character. Like, I, I'm talking about the, like, the whole family plot thing. And then, eventually, like, the, the, the delivery of him saying goodbye to his mom and then, um, um, like, him realizing that, you know, he needs to sort of, like, like, this timeline is doomed anyways. Like, he needs to give up. Like, all of these are quite relatable feelings that I empathize with. So, like, in that movie, at least... I had some sort of catharsis, but in this one, I had zero. So, yeah, that's why. Yeah, it's it's fascinating that these two movies and Aquaman two, which is reportedly really bad, bad. <laughs> yeah. like so bad, like this is how the DCEU ends. What a terrible year for this already like not very good franchise. Dude, and, and Shazam like, two as well. And I have a feeling they're probably gonna delay Aquaman two, like. Unless they actually just want to just, you know, like, slip, slip it by or something, you know? Like, it's like, we're just going to release it. No one's going to talk about it. Then we're, we're going to move on. If, <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, if, if, if the Flash didn't work and they were, like, and everyone was saying, like, just scrap it, just get rid of it, and they didn't do that for the Flash, mm -hmm. I think Aquaman is going to get released, but I don't think they're going to wait for the actors. Because that's, yeah. I don't think they're going to care. If they didn't want it for Blue Beetle, they're not going to do it for him. I mean, um, DC has been just getting shit on. Like, uh, uh, there was obviously the, the scandal with Ezra, Ezra Miller, and then the Aquaman has the whole Amber Heard scandal thing. Uh, but and then... Yeah, it has bad publicity, but she might yeah. not be the problem in that. It seems oh, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, like, obviously, but, like, you know, the internet's yes. very, yeah. very firm on, uh, you know, not supporting her, so... Yeah, DC just really can't catch a break. But um, I will now go into my non-spoiler review. Um, this was this was pretty bad. This was a bad movie. Uh, I have some pull quotes. Uh, I've pulled them from my brain. So not exactly what a pull quote usually is. Uh, I think this is a Disney Channel original movie. Uh, I think this is trying to do Ant-Man but worse. A lot of it's there's a lot of similarities with what the story is. Uh, it feels like an AI script that was 
take like one pass from a from a human being after it was the computer uh, printed it off. Um, it's overstuffed and undercooked. Uh, it's an amalgamation of tropes and cliches with very little heart to it. Not to say none. There were some moments that actually I was kind of pleasantly surprised about. That's about it. The acting is pretty terrible. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you agree. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was, I was kind of keeping quiet in that moment, but uh, I, which does suggest that likely the director is more the problem. If if it's bad acting all around, that's a that's a higher up issue. If everyone's bad, um, and just generally, this feels like a very poorly thought out movie, like a rush job, the kind of movie that like. Like when someone writes an essay to like pulls an overnighter and tries to hand in something they did in two hours, like this is what you get. That's this is the movie equivalent of that. It's just like completely half-assed. Did not probably receive the support it needed, and just like not very good. Um, so I'd probably give it lower than two and a half. Probably like two. I think I'd give it two because um, I will say like while it's like really bad. The Flash was somehow, like... So The Flash, I think, was a little more competent just, like, in how it was made. Like, it feels more like a real movie, despite still not really feeling like a real movie. But The Flash is also, like, I find personally offensive to the point where, like, I, like I'm like i giving it negative points for, like, anger. So that, that makes it worse in my books. So while this book... Well, this movie is... Um, maybe less competently made, at least it's not offensive to me. It's just kind of, like, stupid and bad, but, like, unoffensive. Uh, so, I, yeah, I would not recommend people go see this. Um, but because I lost that game of ours, that doesn't mean I have to synopsize this movie in two minutes. I will try my darndest uh, starting now. So, Blue Beetle, um, there's a Blue Beetle in a ball, in a big stone ball, and some people <laughs> try to get it, and I guess they did later. Um, there's <laughs> Jaime Reyes is returning home to the Keys somewhere in the, the Florida Keys I think um, to his family he goes to Gotham Law College or whatever he's trying to be a lawyer I guess I think and um, Cord Industries is also trying to take over the neighborhood uh, as one does and they're trying to build like a military weapon that is basically Blue Beetle um, Re- Jaime gets a job with his sister meets Victoria Cord, who's the bad guy, Susan Sarandon, and her niece, Ted Cord's daughter, uh, and she's hot, and she eventually, she was going to give him a job, but she gives him Blue Beetle instead, I guess, because she's trying to take it away from her aunt, and he gets Blue Beetle, and he transforms in front of his family, and he goes all crazy, and then he tra- he saves um, girlfriend, and girlfriend takes them to her dad's old house, dad's missing, Ted Cord, former, original Blue Beetle, or second Blue Beetle, actually, um, is missing and they try to like learn some stuff if they try to take the blue beetle away from Jaime it'll like he'll die like he can't they can't be separated um at some point the Susan Strandon and oh she has a, a little henchman guy who's like kind of a pseudo blue beetle his name is Kyramax or something um and he they fight blue beetle before all this happens um and Kyramax and um and Susan Strandon go to his Jaime Reyes' home kidnap his family he saves his family except dad dies of a heart attack um and then they also kidnap Jaime and then family goes and saves Jaime um Caramax gets powered up by blue beetle juice or something uh and they like attack the island with all the original blue beetle tech and 
kill everybody. Well, they, don't, they kill a bunch of military people. Susan Sarandon is killed by Karamax, and then uh, Jaime Reyes has a boner at the end. That was a joke from the end of the movie. He has a boner. And there's post-credit scenes as well. Did you stay for those? Yeah, like the first one was Ted Court uh, calling out from the system. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was just like, like oh. yeah, cool. <laughs> you know. And post-credit tease that'll never pay off. Yeah. Well, unless it's unless it's part of the new DCEU. We'll see. Yeah. Actually, there's a way. If if although it's kind of like weird to it's like having a <laughs> so this would be like the stepson of James Wait. Gunn's DCEU because he's he's like getting it from like a former marriage or like an adopted child. Yeah, so it would yeah, be yeah, the yeah. adopted child, like a movie he didn't oversee and he's incorporating it into his family. Because all Dude, about family is what we learned. We but, uh we forgot the spoiler alert. That's fine. Okay. I said what I was doing. I said I was gonna synopsize the movie, okay, but okay, thank you. All good. I'll go back in time and um <laughs> you said it like it was a huge thing. Um, so, uh, but I was going to say, Ted Cord, there is a way like this would work well with the new DCEU. Was there not talks of doing Booster Gold, if I'm not mistaken? No idea who that is. <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure there were talks of Booster Gold because people were like, hey, who should be Booster Gold? But I forget if it, I don't remember it being on the slate. So I'll just, I'll try and quickly look something up. But why I bring this up is, Booster Gold and, and um, uh, Blue, Blue Beetle. Beetle, the original, yeah. or I keep saying the original, the second one, Ted Cord, are quite good buddies. So that would actually really work out. Um, okay, so here I have something. Da, 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 da. Please hold while I do this. <laughs> uh, da, 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 Booster Gold. Uh, da, da, da. Trying to find out the information. James Gunn has tantalizingly unveiled the arrival of two intriguing projects. Gold, Booster Gold. Uh, so maybe. It says it's an HBO Max series. I don't know. Take that with a grain of salt. That could be wrong. It was a very quick Google. Um, but anyways, maybe. Maybe it survives. So let's, uh, while we're talking about Ted Cord, though, uh, that I'll, I'll say something on that. Uh, first of all, did the painting... So there's like... You never get a clear view of Ted Cord, which is a telltale sign that they did not cast an actor mm. in order to give some latitude for a sequel, if that ever comes to be. Um, but the painting bears a striking resemblance to a specific actor. Did you notice that? Which painting are you referring to? There's a painting um, where in, in the, the bedroom of the mansion when the, Ted Cord's daughter is with Jaime, and they're looking at it, and she's like, oh, that's, uh, my mom died. And it's a family painting. You can't look it up. It's, do you remember it? Okay, it's not on the internet. So I have no idea what, uh, who does Okay, who so does you don't remember. Because, like? Like, 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 I didn't need to look this up. I saw the painting. I was like, is that fucking Jason Sudeikis? And I, and I looked it up. I was like, who, who played Ted Cord? And they didn't have an answer. But it did say, this is who... The director wanted to play Ted Cord, and it was Jason Sudeikis. So, because he was kind of like, like um, manifesting it, I guess. So he, uh -huh. he put he, I guess, probably requested the art department make it look like Jason Sudeikis in the hopes that 
he might. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I so, found that very, very funny. Ted Lasso is not also Ted Cord. Ted Lasso. A lot, could, of, a lot he's, of Ted's. He's being Ted Cat. Ted casted. Type Oreo. Type Ted. Um, but I will say, uh, just while we're on the topic of Ted, that was part of the movie that I did find interesting. I like I like the idea of there being lore to this universe. Um, I'm trying to think. The other superhero movies in this um, in this universe, DCEU, I feel like there's not so much lore. It's a lot of like just like new heroes, like we're the first heroes, which is a lot of superhero movies do that. Less so have a history to them. And I find the history like kind of tantalizing in the in the sense that it kind of it gives depth to the world it's like you have the x and y dimensions of of space but then you also have time which kind of like builds it out more and so i like the idea of there being history to this world and specifically related to uh the blue beetle uh, yeah like the little costumes and the, the bug shit but, but, like, if you think about it, though, Aquaman definitely has history, right? And then Wonder Woman has, like, some history in it. Uh, Superman, Man of Steel, definitely has history. About Krypton, at least. Uh, if it's part of the movie, like, that's not, that's not really what I mean. Okay. Like, like, something has to happen before the character existed. So yeah. if the character existed in history, that's still kind of, like... Like, think Captain America. That doesn't really... Actually, Captain America is an example I don't mind, actually. But, like, if it's, like, a flashback where it's, like, oh, yeah, man, uh, like, Superman, this is where he was a baby. Like, yeah. eh, that's not quite so the you're, same as, like... So you're more referring to, like, for example, uh, how Wakanda came to be type thing. No, I'm talking about Ted Cord and how there was, like, stuff happened in this universe before our characters existed. And it's oh, just like some mystique on like what happened before. Sure, yeah, let's just call it that. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Did you think anything of the the Ted Cord stuff, the the Batman adjacent character? I found it really interesting. Like, like genuinely, this movie didn't really interest me. Like, I I was hoping the plot to grab me at some point, but like it just never happened. But on on the Ted Cord thing, I think it's really interesting that uh, his character. He has, he owns a blue beetle, but because he's not chosen by it, he cannot sort of harness the power of the blue beetle. So he's forced to use technology as a replacement. Like, I think that's really cool. Um, maybe we've seen that before. Like, uh, I, I honestly don't think I've ever heard of that. Or if, if I have, I can't recall it yeah. off the top of my head. Uh, that is, I will say, though, I learned from the comics. So that was not an yeah. original invention of the movie. Okay. But I agree that, that is, that's an interesting idea, that, that that's being chosen cool. is yeah. important, but almost as if like being hero is more of a choice, and you can rise up despite what other people may think. I don't know. <laughs> Try to make it That would be cool, yeah. Like, and I think... like. Because I feel like they're trying to emphasize on that. Because, like, Jaime was sort of just randomly chosen. And then, um, I guess, like, I don't know, man. Like, uh, uh, it sort of reminds me of Spider-Man in a sense, you know? Because, like, Spider-Man didn't really choose to become Spider-Man. He just got bit. And, like, Jaime didn't really want to become Blue Beetle. He just, you know, unlocked the suit. Yeah. 
So, but like, you know, when you compare it that way, then this movie just got significantly worse. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by that? Why is it, why is it worse because of that? Just because it doesn't do that? Like, it doesn't really Well, I mean, because I felt like Spider-Man does it so much better. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. um, like we've seen Spider-Man's origin story three times now. Once in Tobey Maguire, once in Andrew Garfield, and once in Miles Morales. And I think all three of them do, um, do, a, do a better job than, uh, than what this movie did. Because it's very much like he accepted the role of Blue Beetle very, very quickly, you know? Like, we didn't really see him struggle with it, you know? Because, like, um, I guess it's a little more realistic as well to just see, like, like him grapple with the power and eventually decide to use it for good. He's just, like, straight up, he's like, oh, no killing, don't do that, don't do that, but... I would, no, I would say that um, he was kind of reluctant for a while. Like, he didn't want to fight Karamax Cara, and... Like he was yeah, like, oh, he just wanted to talk. Yeah, 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 that's true. So like, like I, I would say that there was he was there was reluctance in there. But it and is also, like weaker compared to. You know. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I, I don't think it does it quite as well. Um, I will say also that like I think movie like superhero movies in general do this a lot. Like I don't think it's just limited to Spider Man. I think um, mm. a lot of superhero movies is like you're given this great power. Do you choose to go like go the distance and like rise up to to your your uh, capabilities potential thank you um so yeah they they try to do it but i honestly think this is the problem um they don't like do that portion like that he he's like reluctant i don't know part of me part of me wishes that ted court was in this movie and i think that would simplify a lot of things like I think I think the dynamic of a uh, mentor passing down the mantle and like how that dynamic works is nice and like recluse hero who's retired although the issue I think naturally is that they just did that in the, the flash, flash yeah. so probably probably why they didn't do that um, but there's something interesting to me about like having him actually there and them having to like like deal with each other and um i don't know that idea of like choosing to rise up against i guess it, um, i guess it could be done without him present but um why no i we... like the idea actually um i'm just going to say one more point on that um i really like that idea to be honest because i feel like when your mentor failed to unlock the power of something and but you can and then there is such a difference between the mentor and you because like the mentor is literally a, uh, for sure right like i think there is definitely uh potential for conflict there and where there's conflict things get more interesting right so um you know whether it's like status whether like ted core is probably a white guy you know like um there can be ethnicity mixed in there as well there are lots of like pr- really great potential for conflicts and also like discussion or like commentary there that that can be done but um obviously this movie like <laughs> I think dude literally this movie suffers from being too mid at everything like literally you you everything is like just average just vanilla and then you mix the whole thing into a package and it's just oh it just doesn't work it's, but anyway it's both mid and bad like it's bad at being it's going for mid it's aiming for mid and <laughs> it's not good bad job of it so yeah. it can't even be mid um not only that but like I think Ted Cord being there is also more interesting conflict for Victoria Cord being the villain. 
Like, then you have the sister, like, brother-sister dynamic instead of, like, again, having the, the niece, Ted Cord's daughter, like, can work. But there's also, yeah. uh, I'll talk about this later, there's reasons why it doesn't work. Um, yeah. But while we're on the subject of the former Blue Beetle, we should probably talk about this Blue Beetle. Yes. Um, so anything uh, revolving around that. Uh, I'll let you start, though. What did you, any thoughts, uh, criticisms, positives, perhaps, about uh, our Blue Bleed? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so first I want to verify something with you. Mm-hmm. The budget, $104 million, right, you said? Yeah. Is that considered uh, low, medium, or high for a superhero movie? Um, I think that's probably lower tier, I would say. I'm just curious what Iron Man just randomly. Let me do some quick research. I do know, like, yeah. the newest movies are getting over $200 million, but yeah, that's, yeah. people are saying that's insane. So I think 100 is kind of like average in the in the low end even even iron man was 130 million so okay i think i think it's lower than usual i would say okay that's my guess because like i feel like there's so much wasted opportunity like it's literally um iron man but like the suit is like mystical uh mystical and also you can make like it's like the uh the the bleeding edge armor of iron man where you can like make cool shit you know, and there's like actually ascension uh, intelligence in there as well. So like it's very similar to Iron Man in a sense without the mis- mystical element. But um, it's Iron I, Man meets Green Lantern. Like that's yeah, sort of, sort of. But I feel like if you look back, okay, Green Lantern. To be fair, it was 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 not a good movie. But like I'm they had a lot of fun with the Green Lantern power. Like he made a lot of things. He made a lot of crazy shit. And yeah. I think. There is just that missing here. Like, if we look at all the things that Jaime was able to conjure up, there were, like, different sizes of blades, and there's just, like, sonic cannons. Well, that's... Uh, I'll stop you right there. That's just the difference yeah. of character. Because Green Lantern... Oh, yeah? He can make, like, anything. He can make anything, anything. Okay. Hi, hi, it's like, think of Blue Beetle as an advanced weapon system in the same vein of Iron Man. He's basically bleeding into Iron Man, like you said. So Iron yeah. Man can't make anything you know like it's it's gonna be weapons and i'd say there's i actually would say there's a good variety of weapons you like that i didn't like i I thought they i thought they could have done more okay variety was not my problem with this movie of like weapons he uses lots of different sword shapes the sonic blasts um the the cool like hand not handcuffs but like their magnetic like like Things that like make him like staples. They're big yeah, staples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That get, Blue Beetle themed people. staples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for uh, sure. Like, like, I don't think that's the problem with this Blue Beetle character. I think it's the fact that, and I think it's Kaji, the, what the Blue Beetle's name is, is just mm. like straight up almost not a character in this. Like, it seems like, it seems like the, that should be a, like a fully fledged character who's like, they're battling for control. It's like Venom. That would be cool. Where, that would be where, cool. Like, yeah. They, like, they should be, like, talking to each other. I mean, they sort of are, but, like, the fact that they make it, like, this stupid Siri voice makes it sound completely, like, lifeless, but it's not. It's an actual entity. And, yeah, like, I just felt like there wasn't, there wasn't a need for connection between those two characters. And the themes of this movie is, like you said, family. And 
I think there's I think they're trying to say something about that with the um, I almost called it the symbiote with the scarab in that he has to it's a symbiosis they've formed it's you can't separate them without killing both of them that's kind of like what they're saying about family you know you can't separate from your family you're always gonna be part of them uh, they're always gonna be part of you um, but like that doesn't work if I don't think like if I don't see the scarab as like a person or as a pseudo person right and there's a un, what should be a nice moment of like kind of like weird cosmic um, expressionism I guess where they're like he's, he's in like the soul world or whatever I still don't know yeah. what that is but like he sees his dad who's just passed away and then he sees his body kind of like floating but like in the blue beetle suit mm. and there's he has to like jump and like do the, the Adam the and finger touch yeah the, the, the famous painting, the Michelangelo painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And, like, that, it meant nothing, right? There was that, like you said, no emotional, um, like, reaction to it because I don't feel for that thing. It's a thing, not a character. And I think there should be more of that, like, it's that classic screenwriting thing of the annoying secondary character who the main character like hates and just keeps trying to get rid of and then like eventually separates from but realizes they actually kind of formed a bond and then they miss them and so then that reunion is very sweet because they've they realize how much that other person meant to them but that's just not the case here dude none of that happened though (laughs) let's be fair those characters don't interact well i'm just saying like that's what the movie is thinking it do? is by the yeah. end, right? Okay. And just based on, like, I think that's what it should have been, but I'm saying that's definitely not anything the movie ended up doing. And especially since uh, we've seen so many of uh, this relationship done well. There's uh, Venom and uh, Eddie Brock. There's, uh, uh, what's his, what's her name? What's uh, Spider-Man 2099's uh, AI called? I would not say that as an example of this. Really? I thought that was no, great. Because that that's a honestly, side character. That's a side character. No, of a but side honestly, the, you know, like, the the dynamic between Miguel O'Hara and like sorry, I forgot, but her act, her voice actor is Greta uh, Lee. But like, sure. Like, I thought that dynamic that dynamic was like what like two three minutes of screen time. That was better than all of that yeah. we see in Blue Beetle. You know? Yeah. And I can feel like. Movies. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's true, but and also like um, if we if we think about it, it's it is very similar to uh, Spider-Man suit AI and him. You know, like initially it was like, I guess like there's no really like because in this case it's literally they're biologically bonding, but like in the in the Spider-Man movie they're emotionally bonding when uh, he was stuck in the warehouse, right? And then we have moments where the AI was teasing him. It's like, oh, your body temperature is rising. Are you okay? Because, like, you know, because, like, he sees someone he has a crush on, etc. And then, like, in this one, like, the final moment doesn't feel earned about, like, the AI teasing him about getting a boner. It's like, it's like, sure, like, that's just funny by itself. But it could have been so much better where it's like, initially, they were, like, at odds with each other. It's like, get out of my body, you know? And then eventually, they bond by, you know, fighting through things. And then at the very end... You know, he's like, ah, oh, you know, they're like old buddies. They get, they're teasing each other. And, and like, um, 
Sorry, uh, I'll let you go, and I have one little point after that as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I would just say that, like, yeah. the Spider-Man example, his AI, same with yeah. Iron Man's AI, Jarvis or or Friday, who is Friday, I think, is also the Spider-Man one, but um, yeah. they are like infinitely more like human? lively and human. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Those, those yes. like AI, like actual not real things feel more human than the real thing in this movie that the blue beetle voice just such a strange choice i don't know why they did that what's your second point i was also gonna say like i think they could have made the whole you know they have to become sim- symbiotic like a bigger yeah. thing because like i mean like it will be very similar to venom to be fair but like the fact that the ai is not telling him that like you know you are never gonna be able to take the suit off unless you die. Like, I feel like that's a big reveal to the character, you know? But the fact that he literally just went on the roof and then, oh, my family's in trouble, I I guess I gotta go. You know, like, there's no... I guess, like, the movie's runtime isn't the longest, but also, like, there are key emotional moments that you kind of want to make a big deal out of that the movie just like, oh, you know what? We gotta keep get going. The plot demands it, you know? So we, we need to move on, right? Yeah, I would say that, like, again, I think the if the thing was just a character, I think it solves so many of those problems. Um, if they had scenes where, like, they interacted, for example, um, like, e- either in, like, like, a mind kind of space, like he's seeing it as a physical figure, or even if he's just acting with a voiceover, but the voiceover is just a more lively person, mm-hmm. like, I think that then you can have those moments where like Jaime's angry at the symbiote and fuck the scarab and he like says something mean and like kind of like says fuck off scarab or like even if he like they if he tried to get rid of it like it's kind of sad that they they say that you can't because like getting rid of it would actually kind of be like a nice beat for this Mm -hmm. um and i was just gonna say i think another problem to kind of move away from this topic is that there's just too much going on in this movie. Absolutely. There's just no room yeah. for that to even happen. And I think my thinking is that the one thing that I would for sure get rid of that would, that like this would fit in better, I mm. think is get rid of the girlfriend. I don't think she makes sense in this movie. Again, I think Ted Cord would have made more sense um, or neither. But the issue is that she takes the place of what in story structure is called the B story. So your A story is like the plot, yeah. what is happening, like I need to fight Victoria Cord. And the B story is what the hero is doing in between those moments, what carries us between the fight scenes, essentially, in superhero movies. So usually that's your love interest scene, and that's what they've chosen in this movie. But if you're talking about family, that's where the B story, the theme is explored in the B story. So I think... If you're exploring family and the idea of symbiosis and how they're, they're things that are a part of you that you can't get rid of, that's your B story. That's what you should be talking about in those in-between moments. So just imagine all that time he spent chasing after a girl if instead he was reckoning with the suit and talking to the suit and, like, anything else, you know? Like, actually, I just this, is, this would be really out there, but imagine if, if she wasn't real and if she was the suit. And he was actually talking Yo, okay, to that's that's very that's ex machina of you. Or like whoa, 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 some whoa. some sci-fi movie-esque thing. 
I think yeah. that's too deep for this movie. <laughs> it is too deep for this movie. Yeah. But you see my point is that like yeah. she just is like does not make she doesn't add much to the idea of family and is kind of like an extraneous thing that overcomplicates the plot. It's just yeah. too tangentially related yeah. in that like she's actually like just the niece of the villain, not even her like close blood relative. So mm-hmm. the family thing is kind of like I guess like you're, you're you're kind of yes you're related point blank but like it's not quite as um close to home you know absolutely um because the 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 family the uh sorry i forgot his name jaime jaime's family didn't really work out for me as well like i didn't really feel like sure like each character is very unique and they all stand out on their own but like as a whole i didn't really feel the family connection, if you know what I mean. Like, they... Um, so, so this is a really wild example, but um, there's literally another movie that's very similar because I feel like the whole role of Victoria Cord... Sorry, is that her name? Victoria Cord? That's Susan Sarandon. That's the main villain. What about the... Jenny. Jenny Cord, right? I think so. That sounds right. Yeah. I think, I think, like, she... Like, one of her purpose is to showcase the uh the fact that Jaime is very lucky to have a family by showing her lack of family yeah. or like the the fact that she's she has bad relationships with people who are still around in her family like there is a rom-com that does better than this honestly oh, no. the, there's a rom-com i watched uh a while ago called the valet which is basically there's this also latino uh there's this guy he, he has this uh spanish family and then uh there's this uh, famous actress who has like very little friends, no family, etc. And then like that dynamic actually worked out for me. But this movie didn't do that at all. It's kind of shocking that a rom com d- d- does this better than uh, than a proper superhero movie Why with did much you more watch budget. That movie? Why did you watch the ballet? <laughs> I think I think it was literally because I watched Ghosted, and I was like, this is such shit rom com. Oh, I need like movie? a. I need like a better rom com to like reset my are mental. A, are you are you a big rom com guy? I love rom coms. Oh, okay, no. now we're on a tangent. I'm just gonna, that, but... I'm I'm just gonna quick use one minute to express my love for rom com. Okay, the um almost almost time about time the uh, yes about time about time amazing rom com crazy stupid love amazing rom-com. I think like rom coms are really great movies like especially when they can deliver a comedy on top of a, like a really compelling message at the same time. When they can, you mean when they can really do the calm on top of the rom, then they're like the rom. I know, right? Like if it's, oh my God, I love rom-coms. And like, I just love comedy movies in general. But anyways, we can move on. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I would say that because again, there's so much like yeah. things competing for time. And again, this movie yeah. is over two hours and it feels there's just so much going on. I know. I, think it's, I, I almost okay. think it's because there's maybe too much family, which is bad because this is a movie like about family. About family. Yeah. But like, I'm just like overwhelmed by all the different family characters that I feel like none of them really work. And there's other issues like involved with this, but like, uh, I don't know if they, and I, I was going to say, if they chose one to focus on, and they actually do, the uncle has way more focus. He's, I mean, 
played by George Lopez, which is kind mm. of the thing. And I thought he he was actually pretty funny. I will say, George Lopez. Really, some funny, I did not find him funny at all. He had a few like one or two shrieks that I was like, okay, like clearly like this guy is still like kind of knows what he's doing, you know? Like he's sorry, that sounds really mean to George Lopez, but like that's not what I meant. Um, but I don't know. I, I I felt like that was a little better. But like I don't know. I I feel I feel like maybe there should have been a little. The family maybe could have taken a a bit more of a backseat role or either that or I don't know. I don't think I'd want more of them. There's already so much. Like again, I think it's the girlfriend needs the girlfriend got to go. There's too much and she just does not make sense in this movie. Like I think for the family part, I I think they're trying to have way too much they're trying to shove it in your face, sort of. Like, they're mm-hmm. like, yo, they're a family. Look at them. You know, they're, they love each other so much. But I actually find it's, most of the time, it actually works better when you are, when you show, like, very subtle things that only family members do each other do for each other. And you just show, like, have these scenes inserted in between, like, either major action sequences or, like, uh, major story beats to actually, like, showcase that they're a family, you know? Like, I think that just, does it for me a lot more than like family members saying, Oh my God, we're falling on such a tough time. Oh no, don't say that. You know, um, like that's very much like, I don't get that. Like I don't empathize with them when they're trying to shove all these things in my face. I actually empathize with them more when they're showing subtleties that are only happening between family members, in my opinion. Yeah. I think, I think that's, Mm, I don't really want to get into that just yet, but I think yeah. it's the really bad writing of this movie, I think. It's yeah. just like how generic everything feels. Uh, and then also, it's not acted particularly well, so it's just kind of like yeah. what, what doesn't feel real is not delivered in a real way either, so you've just got mm-hmm. like a phony sandwich, really. Yeah. But I've, I've, while you were talking, I did think about it some more, and I actually do agree with myself that <laughs> the family should have been, there should have been less. Yeah, I think what would have worked better is you've got a character who wants to leave his home. He's like, I'm moving on from the Keys. I don't want to live in the Keys anymore. It's crappy. We live in like the poorer area. I don't want to live here anymore. We can do so much better. I'm going to make money and I'll, I'll get us out of here, right? right? And the whole movie, he should be trying to get away from it and trying to be bigger and better than it. And so the fact that he's like, spends so much time there and we keep seeing his family it's like i don't feel like you're trying to get away from it you're just like there's not that like distinction so that the change doesn't feel sweeter the fact that like his family has to come and save him feels like really really quite wild uh and i mean it's supposed to be quite like like very goofy funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah almost yeah. almost camp i might say uh kind of like bottoms was but um just like like actually i would say there is some camp humor in this i don't find it funny but they're going for camp um like the grandma stuff is just like absolutely like yeah. that's i would say that's camp um but uh what was i gonna say i think i think if you chose one family representative who again is george lopez they clearly have done this and actually make him the only representative and everyone else is just like briefly seen and then Jaime is trying to do his own thing you know having scenes with Blue Beetle maybe with Ted Cord 
and then just his uncle as like the opposite, right? So you've got a character representing family. You've got a character, uh, the Blue Beetle is the, the main interaction. You've got the evil character who's family, um, the anti-Blue Beetle. Ted Cord is like another, <laughs> is getting too complicated already. But like the issue is that each member of the family, they're all doing the same role. They all have the mm-hmm. same role in the story. And so they're redundant, which sounds mean for like a real family. But in a story, you only need one character to represent an idea. And you have instead five characters representing the idea, which is why none of the family scenes like resonate because all like they're all competing for like one role essentially. And when the dad dies, it's like, although I actually did find that sad, like I think it's just like, film technique like i think they just like know how to make Mm -hmm. a moment sad you play sad music it's gonna like and like people crying and like it's just a like what triggers something it's a sad event you know like of course it's gonna do something like i'm not a monster but i don't know who that character is because he hasn't been around right so I, i felt like that was kind of cheap there was this moment later where blue beetle says like how am i gonna do this without you and i was like You've been doing all of this without him. Like, like I mean, that's your dad, sure. But in the movie, I haven't seen him much. Like, I don't know. They don't have, like, a rapport that... They, they spend one scene together alone. Like, that's yeah. nothing. And I actually quite like your rewrite as well. Like, your idea of uh, uh, Jaime trying to get away from the family, trying to move to bigger cities. Because it's like... Because, like, the dynamic right now is like, oh, my God, you guys are... Um, you guys are struggling, let me stay, let me work, you know, let me help you out. Like, that's just, again, Aiden will have such a field day on this movie. <laughs> it's, it, because cause it's like, this movie avoids so many cool conflicts that could have been, just, just make this movie better, you know? Yeah. Uh, the conflict of trying to move away, you know, it's like saying like, oh my god, like, I'm only back here because I'm visiting and then I'll be back there trying to make money, etc. And then having like the at the end of the movie, having the catharsis that, oh my god, I need my family. I, uh, I'm better off with my family here than off on my own trying to make money or make a name for myself. You know, that would have been like a really cool U-turn and a very cool character development moment that we can have throughout the movie. But then we just don't have that because the, the, I guess like, you know, they're trying to showcase the value and the, the beauty of family through a really good family, a family who's already united, you know? But then that didn't really happen either because it's like, like like you said, like so many competing attentions, so many uh, characters competing for attention. And then um, like at the very end, it turned out to be more of a comedic thing than anything else where different family members took on different fighting techniques to, you know, use really ridiculous gadgets to fight off the military people the in court industry so yeah and i i think also like the very beginning of the movie is i feel like it should be the reverse like he comes back and isn't it more interesting like if he's planning to leave but he hasn't told them yet like what if he Mm. what if he did his undergrad in his hometown and he's like i'm going to grad school in gotham yeah. Like, that's a thing. Like, I'm trying to get out of here. Instead, he's, like, he's already left. Like, he's kind of already succeeded before the movie started. Yeah. Which is, like, a weird starting point for, like, if that's what you're trying to get at. Um, 
also like the idea that like they're losing the home and the fact that they just like bring it up immediately i feel like that's another piece of tension that's kind of like like secrets are better the longer it's like a stew Mm -hmm. secrets are better the longer they percolate it's so the fact that they like get the thing out of the bottle right away it's like you've ruined it you know like it's way better if they they're like trying to keep it a secret and if you know you don't need both secrets you kind of only need one like if Jaime's like I'm trying to get out of here if that's like an open thing he's talked about and there's a reason why he might need to stay to help out or if neither of them are secrets and like or actually how about this how about this sorry if Blue Beetle like secretly wants to go but dad thinks he needs help in the shop mm-hmm. and then you get more of the dad cause he says like he has a shop and I'm like I didn't see it yeah. Well, I mean, it already like, uh, apparently is not going well because he, yeah, he got a heart attack. Because he died. <laughs> and, um, Bro! <laughs> savage, I don't like. Monster. Uh, uh, but like, there's again that line of like, I can't do it without you. Well, if you had actually like shown that you need each other, maybe that would mean something that, to me. Hey, that, that would be amazing. Shop, that know? would be amazing because like you know. Him having conflict with his dad, you know, representing polar opposites. I want to get away. I want you to stay and help the family. Disagreement. And then he comes back to save the family, but it's too late because the dad already died from a heart attack. And then, then the moment with the dad in the soul realm will actually mean something. It will be cool. Yeah, exactly. You know? And then, and then also there's like, like with the uncle thing, he's a skilled technician. Tie that into the, like the, the shop, right? Like if, I also think that the uncle and the dad play very similar roles and i'm kind of like do we need both i kind of like part of me is like you kind of need to choose one yeah if he's if if uncle's a sidekick like i i also don't think you need a family member as a sidekick i think that solves so much if you don't have the uncle who's like helping them along the way if it's jaime reyes on his solo mission trying to do it all by himself leaving family behind and realizing he can't do it without yeah that would be yeah, amazing meeting, actually meeting Ted yeah, Cord, yeah. and then then there's room for him right all those yeah, scenes yeah. with uncle and jenny are instead with ted and blue beetle monster thing mm-hmm. siri you know but uh yeah yeah i agree yeah. and i think like the fact that they're trying to use most of family members as comedic relief it's like a real wasted opportunity as well because like let's be real like his sister is sort of used for comedic relief and then Let's be real. The, that's exactly what it is. The, and it's not funny. The movie is painfully yeah. unfunny. I know. I didn't laugh that much throughout the movie. Like, it was really funny when uh, when he wrecked the car and then the uncle went out to check and we just hear him screaming in the background. That was pretty funny to me. It was that, sort of funny, but I yeah. think poorly executed because I didn't get what was going on for a few seconds. I was like, "What? What's the joke?" And then eventually, was, I was he like, wrecked oh, the car. <laughs> eventually, I was like, "Oh, it's the uncle." Yeah, yeah. But like, I just, yeah. Um, what else? Oh, like the whole like sister was pooping in the toilet and she comes back and she's like, oh my God, that was like the biggest poop I've ever taken. What? You're standing right there. I was like, kill me right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't believe you're, we're still doing this. That's how like over the top, again, I think it's really bad writing of like, like this, oh, this is funny. Very crude humor as well, which, yeah. Not necessarily a problem, but also I think the delivery is very bad. I think I think the direction, I don't have much more to say than this blanket statement. The direction is bad in this movie. 
because yeah. everyone is putting in a bad performance. Yeah. Uh, just like completely unrealistic. And and like, I gotta say, everything is way too easy in this movie. Like the fact that he gets attuned to Blue Beetle that quickly and he's able to fight in the Blue Beetle suit that easily. That's he's one. He's not though. Like I, I that's actually something I agree. Yeah. Because he's he doesn't really take over in the Caramac scene. He lets Blue Beetle take over. He's right, like, but you take the Jesus take the wheel, and he's kind of like barely. Because like the whole idea is that the Blue Beetle will do things out of self defense. Right. So it's doing a good job of self defense yeah. for a while, but that's not him doing it. He's not really right. in control the whole time. I'm more referring to when uh, when they assaulted the house. You know. And he was, like, already... He's pretty good at that, I would say that. Right? Like, I felt like there's like... Especially for a guy, like, if there's a little bit of backstory, I was like, oh, he already okay. did martial arts or something, you know? That would have been a lot more believable. No, no just make him worse. Like, if he's just... Make him worse? Less, if he's less successful. And, I mean, okay. part of that is just, like, putting up, putting him up in, in a situation he could realistically... The fuck are you guys talking about? Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. Aiden Cameo? Holy <laughs> fuck. Oh I, fuck. <laughs> I have my video participants thing, so I didn't see you come in. How long have you been here? Fuck. <laughs> We're trying to talk about Blue Beetle. Oh, he's gone. Right, he's okay. gone. That was very strange. He's on a sort of vacation, so that was what a great visit. <laughs> um Anyways, I think if you just put him in a situation where Jaime can realistically come out on top, but even even in that like actual scene in the movie, he's not supposed to come out on top. He's supposed to lose. So, yeah, like, yeah, of course. Just make him worse. You know, he doesn't need to be. That is true. I actually like. Mess, I, I I like that you know? idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have and he, especially, actually, in fact, you can have him be part of the reason why the home is destroyed instead of by accident like yeah, have yeah, yeah, him yeah. use his sonic cannons too recklessly and like he doesn't know the suit and it accidentally destroys the home ah. yeah him having trouble controlling his powers absolutely yeah. i love He's, that I, I actually now i'm agreeing with you i think i think also you you actually mentioned this i think the action in this movie is not great i think it's better than it's more competent than the flash by far eh. It most certainly uh, But I do think that they try to focus too much on one takes, like like single takes. I didn't even singles. notice one takes. It's that oh bad. My God, there are so many. There are so many where they're just like, whoa, he's, he's, he's really figured it out. He's doing all the moves. And I'm just like, actually editing a fight scene is way more interesting and builds tension way better and like rhythm and pace way better mm -hmm. than these like ha like continuous takes which are just kind of like yeah did you see that continuous take like wasn't that cool huh it's just like a buzz word or i guess like a buzz thing you do in movies nowadays it's a buzz shot type i guess but it's not actually like helping the uh the the kind of audience reaction right it doesn't make a fight scene scene a fight scene seem cooler. If you think of, for example, the Batman, how many single takes were in that? None. None. Yeah. Right. Because what's actually more interesting is like the the rhythm of like, 
oh my god, like there's something behind me, and then cut back, and like like it's the cutting that makes the action more intense. Mm-hmm. And it's I like I didn't feel that almost at all in this movie. And the fact that like I felt like he's just fighting generic soldier as well. Like I felt like he was never really challenged that much. You know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't say like like generic soldiers are like pretty like they're staples of of the superhero genre. I mean, the Flash did it. You know, the Kryptonians mm-hmm. at the end. But I would say that um, with the final fight with Caramax, it does. That's the most it feels like two action figures smashing together like you're a kid and going like and then he goes pew, 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 and then bah, 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 and then he goes bah, bah, he, oh no he's gonna do the big thing and then psych he throws a rock and then you know and it's like this is this means nothing to me mm. it's really just like two figures who like I don't really know the like the power levels of yeah I usually, right I usually care about power level and like like the gravity and the the momentum, like the physics of it, doesn't really make sense. Like especially when they're flying and stuff, and it's just like, like I'm just like I, gotta be honest, I do not care right now. Um, a problem that a lot of superhero movies have, where it just kind of devolves into like, two people fighting. punching each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, I gotta say, I'm very disappointed. Yeah. I I really thought this is gonna be good. Yeah. It's not like, good. Uh, yeah, just I go back also uh, to a point I kind of missed way early on, but that is uh-huh. still relevant now. Another issue with these fight scenes and with the whole concept in general is Blue Beetle is like this like blank slate face. Whenever he's in the suit, there's just Oh no yeah, there's no there's no mouth and uh, it's just well, like, I mean, I, I guess I can't think of another superhero movie where there is so little expression coming from the face of the he- the, the main character like that's a well, big I mean, problem i can think of like deadpool tony vibes. stark in the uh, in the iron man costume heads up display that's the difference oh it's that's Spider- true Spider- yes you see like, inside it yeah, yeah iron yeah. man has the heads up display which makes up for the inexpressive face yeah, yeah spider-man yeah, and deadpool who leave their masks on all the time have expressive mm. eyeballs. Blue Beetle does not really have expressive eyeballs. And like the mouth kind of moves. So it's just like if Iron Man didn't have a heads up display and the only the only mm. time they show a bit of Jaime is like his eyes. Like that's not right. enough. I don't know what he's and he's like he's like panicking and I'm looking the only thing I'm seeing is either blank slate blue beetle face or his POV. And I'm like, this is, like, really uh, hard to, like, like wrap my head around. It's not, I can't, I can't empathize with this character. I'm not seeing what he, I'm yeah. not seeing his face. Okay. So, we've ripped into the movie quite a bit. I want, you, I want to ask you <laughs> to list one redeeming quality of this movie. What is one thing you hmm. enjoyed? For okay, fine. Good, good question. The cinematography. I thought the cinematography was not bad. I think it was almost pretty good. Actually, no, I would say, I, I would say it was pretty good. Um, I was quite surprised by how, like, everything else is so incompetent that that right. was actually, like, pretty good. They use really nice framing. Like, they'll just, like, like pop the camera in, a, in an unexpected location to mm. create a frame around a character. Like, a character will, like, turn their head and look at something, and we'll see yeah. 
the camera will switch to their face framed by something. And they do that a lot. And I was just like, wow, that's like a real camera thing you just did. Like, that's a really good move. Um, they have like some good like tilts. Um, I had a, a list here, I can't remember. Um, they use some wide angle lenses. Like there's the fun POV when Jaime wakes up and his family are all looking at him. Like that was kind of funny, it was kind of goofy. Um, and it, the other thing I was, I was gonna say about cinematography, but kind of like, I guess the production as a whole, I like that I can tell they filmed in real places, which is sad that like that's such a that's like a plus not, now. That's yeah. not a low bar. Like the fact that I'm like, oh, you filmed on a real street in a real home. I'm like, that's actually refreshing. You know, again, The Flash and um, and then Quantumania come to mind as like you just like are filming. Yeah, I don't know the volume. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, those are some redeeming qualities. Do you have any? Yes, I have one. Okay. And this is one will will shock you. Um, I'll be shocked. So I actually really enjoyed the music of this film. Like Wait, this, what? The the Spanish version of uh, "Blame It on the Boogie" is actually really good, and it hits really hard, in my opinion. Mm. When you um, add it to your playlist, huh? You gonna add it to your playlist? Oh my god! Is it actually available somewhere? I, I actually don't it, know what. It's, it, a, it's a song. <laughs> it's somewhere. I, I think I think it's really cool that uh, they like instead of using because you know like we've all heard like seventies eighties nineties music being overused in pop culture and just uh, you know I, whether it's at the background of a fight or etc. But this time they actually did like a little twist because uh, you know it's a very Latino film, so they did the Spanish version. I thought that was really cool. Well, here's my problem fun. with that yeah. is that I feel like that is a good example of. Um, bad music choice oh yeah it doesn't add to the world of the story and it actually takes away because this is a story about accepting like where you're from and your your home and your in like by extension your culture i guess because mm-hmm. like there isn't like very clearly like a cultural thing like the bad guys are like the white industrial military complex right military yeah. industrial pro- complex right and he's supposed to like reckon with um like like being more accepting of his home and where he comes from and so to do all the the spanish music big plus but when it's a spanish cover of a white song it's like i don't know if that's i think it would have been more meaningful to the story to just do or like that that could be a statement is the other thing is like if you're making it like a spanish cover of a of a Actually, it's not a white song because it is by um, a, a family of famously black people. But like, you know, like that could be a thing. But I feel like yeah. the music choices were all quite random. And it actually does circle around to the 80s by the end. They do the Motley Crue song, which I do believe is from the 80s. Or at least Motley Crue is. Just going to check that. <laughs> going to check my sources. Live fact checks. Motley Crue you- years... Years active was from 1981 to 2002, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. take that as mm-hmm. uh, 80s. So like that song, completely random. And if if you're doing like another 80s thing, which is again like you mentioned, very in right now, that would tie in really well with guess what? The hero who was active during the 80s. Imagine if Ted Kord. Ted Kord. <laughs> you know, like that would be a good reason to yeah. have the 80s, because like that's where he's from. So, I don't know. I, I, I thought the music was fine. 
Yeah. Um, I think I've said of, my piece. You've said your piece? I'll blast through the last bits, okay? Uh, number one, this movie's full of plot holes. The most notable one that I wrote down was when the character known as Dr. Sanchez, that's not his real name as we learn later, uh, when he discovers the scarab is missing, uh, initially to get into the room, Jenny has stolen his key card. He needed <laughs> to steal his key card to get into the room. He then gets into the room and realizes his key card must have been stolen. How did he get into the room? He doesn't have his key card. So that was a very obvious plot hole. Movie magic. Movie magic. Um, or if if like like she didn't need the key card for anything else. Uh, I don't I don't think she did. I'm not, like maybe I I misremembered, but um, the racism in this movie I felt like was very ungenuine, like AI generated. So like the receptionist being racist was just like very like generic like. Oh, are you delivering a package? Like, he's not even wearing anything remotely similar to what a... I guess, like, that's the point. But even then, I was like, okay, come on. Like, you could yeah. you could dig a little deeper, I think. And it was just, like, very uh, vanilla. Um, and same with some of the other, like... Yeah, it was just very tropey. Um, another plot hole or unexplained thing. Why are they milking Blue Beetle at the end? What is that for? Why do they need Blue Beetle juice for the OMAC, for Caramax? What is Caramax lacking that Blue Beetle has? What part of Blue Beetle is going to, like, an, an alien thing, what part of that is going to work with the robot man? How does that, like, like none of that made sense to me. Um, or, like, how that enhances him, like, beats me completely. Another thing, the opening. What was that about? They're like mining for the blue beetle scarab and they find a big sphere. I think what? it's supposed to be Ted Cord hidden it somewhere or something. Okay, so he, he hid it. Sure, maybe he did, but they didn't explain that very well. And there's just like these giant spheres everywhere and it's just they kind of like glance over it. And I'm like, we mm. need to talk about these giant spheres. <laughs> what are these? And they're, like, going from sphere to sphere, I guess, is the implication. Yeah. Again, if, in, if Ted Cord was in this movie to explain it, it uh, would have been easier. Um, and, yeah, that's it, actually. Not a real movie. Fake movie. Uh, and bad fake movie. So, uh, Aiden, we, usually, we have a segment. Tell me about it, fake Aiden. So, the podcast's name is Predator vs. Movies. We've done the movie, and it's time for Predator. So true. Couldn't have said it oh better my myself. Oh, my God. Uh, or Aiden. Uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> would Predator make this movie? Yeah, absolutely he would. Can you imagine if, like, Blue Beetle was just going up against a random space villain instead of... And I feel like their Red powers Blue. really match up, you know? They're, very, they're both very weapon-heavy, you know? Sure. And, like, I think it's way more interesting than Blue Beetle versus Red Beetle. Like, it's like yeah. that's kind of what it was. And I think it, to make it... Yes, related, alien, but also, like, different is way more interesting than two characters with the exact same power set. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other question is, I introduced this last week, I don't know if you heard, but who wins if Predator is in this movie? Predator versus Blue Beetle, who wins? And this is I in... genuinely think Predator will win. Mm. 
I guess we have to decide. I said last week that in the world of the movie, who yeah. wins? But I actually do think it's more... I feel like in that case, the main character of the movie wins in every scenario because they have to win. So yeah. I think I almost think it maybe it is better if you say, no, Predator from the movie Predator is acting as he would in that movie. Mm-hmm. Or, or just like whatever. And yeah, I think I think Predator could fuck up Blue Beetle. <laughs> like maybe Blue Beetle could get an edge on him, but like Predator is Predator. Because, I mean, like, in the movie, we see that some electricity grapple thing can disable him, right? Mm, so, like, yeah. as long as he's knocked out, then, you know, he's he's just a guy, right? So, yeah. I don't know. Blue, I think Blue Beetle could hold his own. I think there's a chance. Yeah. I feel like the Scarab is quite powerful. And the Predator, although, like, a very freaky alien with some super super tech, is still just, like essentially a, a guy with some tech mm-hmm. but like the guy with the super weapon that's part of his body could do quite well in that scenario that's a counterpoint we'll see anyways leave con go, ma- go no 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 that's a sequel go make the sequel dc, uh, the sequel that's, what we, DC that's what we want to see or leave a comment tell us who wins um peter we have another segment Real we deal. do we do have another segment it's called predator's picks and i do have picks this week Tell me about, so, um, what have you seen? Okay, so I've seen, I saw a lot of movies in the past Keep little bit. Brief. We said we, and, this is going to be a short episode, and we went, yes. we, it's an hour 20 already, so go fast. Yeah, so I'm just going to talk about the one wreck and one anti-wreck I have. Beautiful. So I loved Sing Street. Sing Street is this small Irish uh, musical-esque type thing about uh, yeah. this young, young boy gr- growing up during the, I don't know, it's like some sort of economic recession. Anyway, like a lot of young people are trying to get out of Ireland at the time. And uh, about him sort of finding himself in music and also helping people um, that are with him sort of discovering themselves as well. It's a very sweet little rom-com music type thing. And uh, I loved it. It's very, very good. And I recommend yes. everyone to go see it. And the one anti-rag I have is uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. So I watched that movie on the plane. So I think that's a mistake. Um, cause, cause like when you're like on the plane, you're already like sort of tired. And this movie is so boring. Holy shit! <laughs> like, um, like this. It's like the most not creative plot ever, and it's not even like literally. Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal, who are like pretty charismatic people, you know, can't carry this movie. Like, I think the script is just terrible. And like, I'm not, I, I did not have a good time. Like, I, at the, I was constantly checking how much the movie is left, how much time is left in the movie when I was watching it. And my God, it was, uh, even though it's a very short movie, it felt like eternity. So anti-rex from me, it's not good. And Dude, I'm surprised, know. yeah, yeah, what's up? I'm surprised Sorry. it has a, that, that good of a rating, to be honest, so. Yeah, do you remember when I tried watching this, I actually stopped? Like, this is one of the few movies that I tried to watch. Granted, uh-huh. it was on streaming, so it was, it was not like I walked out of theaters, but yeah, I just straight up was like, this sucks. And I stopped watching it, because I didn't, I didn't have to watch it. So I was like, no, I'm not going to continue watching this trash. It's so bad. bad. I don't think it's funny. So um, bad. So, uh, very interesting, Rex. I've actually, I think, only seen two movies uh, since last week. 
One was That's Oppenheimer, crazy. which I've seen before. Uh, I guess I could talk about. So what is uh, what is your dad's review on Oppenheimer? He liked Alex. it. He liked it a lot. He liked That's, it. That's it. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I watched Oppenheimer again, and I'd say that like while I'm still quite enthralled by the filmmaking, its yes. flaws felt a little more evident to me. I do think it's. I still think it's quite good, but mm-hmm. also also I read a review that was quite critical of the politics of it, um, and I think well I think originally I was very like. No, but it's clearly, um, like, saying that uh, what Oppenheimer did wasn't good. I'm now wondering if maybe that wasn't, like, while that is the text, it's maybe not how the movie feels. Let me elaborate. So the movie, the movie did this time kind of feel like, man, poor Oppenheimer feels so bad about what he did. And it just kind of feels like like sad boy hours, but like one of those like, man, fucking suck it up, you baby. Like stop being a baby. Like that's what it feels like. There's actual people who actually would actually died, and it does feel like he's like, oh man, I fucked up so bad. And like, that's the movie. It's like this guy realizing he fucked up so bad. And also the the uh, what's her name? Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Thank you. The Emily Blunt stuff is just like. That's atrocious. Like atrocious female writing, classic Dolan, and just like, like he really just gives her nothing to to work with. And I think I think a better movie that was actually critical of Oppenheimer would be well, one critical of Oppenheimer more like in a better way than I think this one does. I think this one like kind of glorifies him in a like a backhanded route. Because you, saying, it makes the audience feel bad for him. Yes, it sympathizes for yeah. him, where maybe you shouldn't, right? Like, that's that's kind of... I think you've really nailed it, actually. That's kind of the problem that this person had that I'm kind of, like, I'm start, starting to see now. Is like, this person did a terrible thing, and while it's, like, cool that they're reckoning with their actions, like, I think there's not enough distance between the character, and there's not enough critical distance of Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. I think. I think because yeah. we're taking his, subject, his subjective experience the whole time, there's not enough... Like, of, of like, a, a separate person being, like, maybe that's not good. And I guess yeah. I guess there's a question of, like, well, maybe, maybe like, it's the technique. Like, you could make a movie or a subjective experience of a bad person. But you're, even though it's subjective, you're supposed to know, like, that you don't have to. You're allowed to feel things that the main character isn't. But it's. It's tough because the camera takes the place of like how of of the director's opinion, and because mm. the director's opinion in this case, or the camera's opinion of, of Oppenheimer, is quite subjective, it does feel like he's like like we're supposed to sympathize for him, and that's that's maybe not the, the best. So, you know, rethinking Oppenheimer personally, but uh, I you know I, I I had a fine time at the movies as far as that goes. Um, uh, the other movie I watched is a movie called Network. This is part of my Sydney Lumetathon. Uh, Peter, I don't know if I've mentioned this while you were here, but Sydney Lumet is a, a famous director from. Uh, he was quite prevalent during the '60s and '70s, mostly I'd say. Um, and so I watched Network, a very famous movie. Uh, it was pretty good. One of those movies where you hear a lot of good things about, and then you watch it, and you're like, "Oh, so that's what that was," but you maybe you're not like super blown away and i think 
maybe that might come with a second viewing. But for now, I just think I think it was uh, a good, fun movie that I watched. Uh, but that's it for me. Next week, uh, I want to do. We haven't discussed this, but I kind of want to do Haunting in Venice, the the new Hercule Poirot movie, Murder on the Orient Express three. What's the guy's name again? Uh, Hercule the, Poirot. No, no, no the the uh, the actor yeah. who plays him. Kenneth the, the, Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Exactly. So I want to watch that personally. We'll discuss it, though. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, if you like us, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Predator v Movies. Uh, if you like my thoughts on movies, check me out on Letterboxd at underscore Alex Portman underscore. Peter, do you have anything to plug? Surprise. I have nothing. Surprise. Uh, <laughs> I'm so shocked. Um, should, I, should I plug on Aiden's behalf? No. Uh, <laughs> if, uh, so, you know what that means. Leave a review. Leave a comment. Tell us who you think would win. Uh, Predator versus Blue Beetle. Who's who's getting the other? Um, leave a, a like, a star rating. Show us your love. That's how the algorithm knows you like us. Uh, and tell your friends, of course. Uh, if you want the show to grow, if you want the show to live, <laughs> symbiosis us. Become one. Become Legion. Become Blue Beetle. Uh, but yeah. So uh, ch- uh, check us out next week. Uh, I'm fuck. I'm Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Peter. And this was Predator versus Movies. See you next week, baby.